0: Hey, Fred. Just curious. If it's a good idea, who cares where it comes from?
1: (laughs) Curious Teams is a podcast for design, construction, and owner teams. Welcome to Curious Teams. I'm Fred Gutierrez.
0: And I'm Barbara White Bryson. And we're here to make the design, construction, and owner environments a better place.
1: And today, we're going to continue our conversation on collaboration made easy. And you want to walk us through our topics today, Barbara?
0: Remember, we're talking about our 10 skills that you have to practice every day in order to really be an effective team member. So we're on uh, number seven, stay curious, which is close to the heart of you and I, right, Fred?
1: Yeah, we, we, we thought about curiosity quite a bit when we were thinking about what we were going to share in this podcast. And it really was, was at the heart of a lot of our conversations. So I'm really excited to, to get here and then share with everybody our, our thoughts on that.
0: It's one of the hardest uh, skills to build within teams because there's so many dynamics. But we know that curiosity as a value, as a practice, as a skill within a team is one of the most powerful. That's why we name this podcast Curious Teams, because we've observed through our own work and experience that teams that practice curious behaviors are among the most successful. Uh, In fact, I I was uh, talking to Fred earlier about one of my favorite books of the past few years, which is Randy Deutsch's Super Users. Now, ostensibly, this is a book about uh, what it takes to attract talent and retain talent related to technology in the architecture industry. But in fact, I think it's a blueprint for uh, attracting, uh, attacking, <laughs> attracting and retaining talent through uh, throughout the design and construction industries. The characteristics that he outlined are valuable regardless of the profession that they're in. The number one characteristics that he outlined characteristic he outlines is curiosity. Uh, And in fact, he talks about how important it is to be curious not only about technology, uh, as far as the book is concerned, but also to be interested in other things. You might be interested in the arts, you might be interested in uh, building uh, furniture, you might be interested in uh, literature, anything that can expand or broaden your horizon, expand your point of view, can add to this curiosity.
1: Yeah, curiosity is, you know, it's a great word because there's a lot of synonyms for it. We could talk about learning as part of it or inquisition or, or questioning, but the word curiosity has this it has this tone to it kind of a, from a child's perspective, because that's when we first are introduced to curiosity as, as children. And we see children as curious, and there's an innocence to the way they ask questions that's not a judgment. It's, it's, it's trying to find some truth in something that we just have no idea or n- not, no knowledge about. And I think that's why curiosity, to really kind of fall into that word and see it as an innocent inquisition, <laughs> that's a, that's a juxtaposition, an innocent approach to learning something, that's not about judgment. Because if you if you ask a question in different ways, it can come across as in the conversation as as different, and people may not give you the same sincere response because they might be put into a defensive posture or a posture in which they're trying to give you a perspective that they think you're looking for. So it's really that innocence of questioning somebody with the true expectance that you want knowledge, even though that knowledge may not be something that you can really process. It's something that you can start to understand how your participation in in knowing this can contribute to, you know, the the community and, and, and the team.
0: I often think that there's two dynamics that get in our way and have created in professional teams this hesitancy to ask questions, you know, when did we become either afraid or reluctant to ask questions to, to clarify situations? You know, how many times have you been relieved when somebody asked the question that you have in your head, but you've been reluctant to ask. And right. You know, the, the two dynamics are this first, we're just not interested for some reason Uh, for in the conversation that's going on or number two we don't want to look stupid so let's take on the first one i used to talk to my project managers all the time about the fact that why couldn't they explain to me why a decision on it or a particular engineering issue was made well they had gone brain dead during the conversation about that decision not brain dead. They may have been having a really important conversation with somebody else at the table, which, by the way, is a great rule to have, is to not have more than one conversation in every meeting. But they also may just have glazed over because they weren't wanting to put in the effort to follow the conversation to really understand. I always said to my project managers, if you can't understand and then explain to me why a decision was made, then you're not doing your job. So sometimes it is hard. Sometimes it's hard to engage and hard to ask questions, hard to clarify. But that expands your breadth of understanding and your breadth of understanding of the impact to the total project. The area number two, not wanting to look stupid. Well, the fact is we just need to get over that. And we also need to help and create environments as leaders so that we ask questions generously so that people realize that's the culture. It's a culture of pushing. I call it asking why five times. We often don't get a clear understanding of a subject by only asking a question once, I remember my son riding in a car with me years ago. It's it's interesting that you talked about the childhood curiosity, Fred. You know, he said, Mom, why is the sky blue? And you know, I would give the best answer I could, but then he'd follow up with why. And then he'd follow up with why. And he'd keep keep going until he'd stump me. But that's the way to get to the bottom or the to the core issues that can really create understanding, and really create the ability to change. We talked before about the fact that if we want to make change, we have to understand why the status quo is the status quo. And you only can understand that through asking questions.
1: Yeah, and and this this asking why, this curiosity, and the willingness to ask why is also a gift to your team to process in their minds, why they've made a decision or they're, they're suggesting a solution and that it fits all the parameters. So it, it begins a dialogue the, the curiosity begins a dialogue in which is this really the right decision? If you can, t- so it's, a, it's this, it's this, it's just all, it's all coming together for me these days. It's this continuous learning where we're only learning when we're teaching and we're only learning when we're engaged in questioning the status quo or, or the way things are. So over the years, and there's different types of learning. We can go into that maybe in another podcast episode. But the architects learn in a studio environment where they're, they're constantly questioning themselves. It's, it's, it's a very unique educational way to learn and i think a lot of other team members engineers and builders and other consultants may come from a different learning so it's a language style too that that may not connect but you have to be empathetic to those questions are a way of processing how to make decisions and so you know as architects as engineers as everybody we we've gone through school we've learned a lot but learning doesn't stop when you get your professional degree it doesn't stop when you get associate at the firm you have to be willing to learn more every day and you can't learn unless you ask questions and that's the curiosity and you're only going to ask good questions if you're sincerely open to the answers that are the truth and not what you want to hear
0: right when you engage in a curious culture you are willing to be open to the point of view from other disciplines, from other team members, often from less experienced team members. And that's, in a minute, is going to take us right to best idea wins, which is the next skill set. But before we get there, I'd like to talk about a dynamic that I loathe in teams, and that's called being the smartest person in the room. We have often encountered the person that wants to do most of the talking, that wants to behave as they know everything and have all the answers to everything. So how do you deal with that?
1: It does kill the curious. This is something we all need to be very sensitive to in terms of letting people have some space to talk um, as, as meeting leaders or participants it's really important to get a diverse discussion going. And so this is, this is a skill to ask people to ask questions, to prompt them and give them the space to answer. I was reading a study that showed conversation styles from people that lived in New York versus Los Angeles. And just at a dinner conversation, the New York people totally monopolized the conversation just because of their culture you know the speed of decision making they did not feel comfortable in silence so they just kept prompting more questions rather than giving the space for other personality types and that hap- happens more and more in our projects where we have people from all over the all over the world you know let alone the country people have different styles different personality types You don't know who the smart, I mean, there really isn't the smartest person in there. Everybody's got something to contribute, but you need to find the space for them to contribute. And sometimes it's easy as asking somebody for their opinion.
0: Their opinion, their questions, creating a a safe place for them to ask those questions. That's a really important part. So we, Fred and I, highly value curiosity and this characteristic of a team and the team members. But let's segue into the next skill, which is number eight. It's called best idea wins. And this may sound like a weird name for a skill, but it is so rich when you realize that you aren't the smartest person in the room, that best ideas often come from the most unusual and unexpected places. I have a couple of stories that, as we talk over the next few minutes, uh, illustrate this point. It's important to understand as a team that listening and recognizing that everyone has something valuable to bring to the table as far as creating ideas, creating solutions, is an important skill to bring as a team member
1: yeah I, I'll, I'll I'll own up to thinking that I've always had the best idea in the meeting. <laughs> I, I think everybody wants to contribute something in a meeting, and if you have an idea, you you want to put it out there and you want it to have merit. So it is this recognition that an idea is just an idea. Sometimes you have to put them out there for them to develop. And that's what we're saying. I think what we're saying about the best idea wins is we don't know what the best idea is until we have this exchange of ideas. They come together and form an idea that that really is the best because it sees the perspective from all the different solutions and and ways to address a, address a problem. So again, it, it's being and 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 I think there's there's also something you need to recognize in terms of power dynamics in meetings, and that you can stifle somebody's ideas. You need to be conscious of even though you wanna start a conversation, to start it as if this isn't the solution, but this is how I see the solution starting. What do you guys think about this idea?
0: So this, this takes me to the first story, which is a story mm-hmm. about campus planning. I agree with you 100%. We're all very confident people, not all of us, but you and I are pretty confident people. We've been around the block a few times. We've done a few projects. We're confident of our point of view. And so when we come into a meeting, we take up a good deal of space. And so uh, years ago, when I was doing some campus planning with Rice on a very big, important topic to the campus and to the neighborhoods, parking. And so we worked with some of the best professionals in the world and we. Uh, Got surveyed the the faculty and the students on the campus and we came up with great plans that said, this is what we're going to do, and that's how we're going to do it, and this is going to be how how we're going to solve the parking problem on the campus, and it's going to be low impact to the neighborhoods, this, that, and the other thing. When, in fact, it wasn't until we had the meeting with the neighbors that a neighbor came up with a key point that we hadn't thought of that ended up driving the final best solution. We didn't expect that it was going to be an idea or a key point that was going to come from outside the experts that was going to drive this solution, but it did. And that was one Mm -hmm. of the first times I really clicked to the fact that best idea does win. Another another story that gets to the power dynamic relates to uh, physics building that I was working on at Rice University, and we were working with Karen Timberlake at the time. And we had set up, as a team, a very clear set of goals uh, for the project, which included Design excellence, among other things. We wanted excellent, you know, labs that would serve the excellence of research. We wanted to um, make sure we met the budget, the schedule, other, other criteria. But design excellence was very clearly part of the goals that we had set for the project. Well, at one point we were in a meeting, and as was our habit, of managing budget in every single meeting. We found ourselves slightly above budget, only about $35,000 on a $70 million project, but we never left a meeting above budget, ever. That was one of our practices. I think it's a good practice. So we had gone, uh, so the architects being very proactive had come to the meeting with a solution. They had suggested that uh, the design detail on the corner of the of the front facade of the building be changed to a, a slightly less elegant detail, and that would save the money. The money, and uh, we could move forward. And so uh, we went around the room discussing it. And we, as was our practice, to make sure everyone was heard, uh, we did discuss it. The vice president was there, um, is, and I was the associate vice president. We talked to each of the users, and everyone said, oh, great solution. Thanks so much, architect, for doing this, and you know, we were so happy to be back in budget. And then it turned out it was the IT leader that was in the room, uh, a young man who was um, working out and managing the IT budget and the IT design. And he said, wait, wait wait a minute. We forgot one of our core principles and that is design excellence. And one of the corners that this most affects is the front corner of the building. That's the main approach to the building from the main campus. Why are we going half measure on that corner for $35,000? And All of a sudden, the entire room said, well, wait a minute. Why are we doing that? He changed. That one voice changed Mm -hmm. the entire dynamic of the room. And it was the IT person, the most unexpected source. And so this goes, this to me is so important that we, and by the way, he also came up with a solution. He found Mm -hmm. $35,000 in his budget that did not compromise performance of any aspect of the building. He felt so strongly about it, but that taught us all a lesson about how important it was to listen and to recognize that the best idea can come from almost, well, can come from anywhere. I wanna make a couple more points here, and I'm sorry for talking so long, Fred, because I know you have have some things to say on this subject. Best Idea Wins is also about recognizing the value of diversity. And it's about diversity of experience. It's about diversity of training. It's about diversity of all of the human experience we bring to the table. And often I have been brought up short in a discussion when somebody tells me, but wait a minute. Let's think about this a different way because I have experienced this in a different way. There are a great number of studies that show that homogenous teams hit, get a lot of hits, are very productive, but diverse teams hit more home runs, are really more creative and more likely to uh, be innovative. So um, I feel really strongly about that, and I'm throwing it out
1: there. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you The diverse diversity in um, experience is 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 good. I mean that's 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 how you know a neighbor could influence you know a solution on parking for you and how um, you know the IT gentleman could could be that 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 leader that you needed at the time to help you refocus on on your initial goals when you were losing perspective on on finding a a solution so i totally agree diversity in all aspects is good so it's it's finding the even finding finding people to run things by that are outside of your team are sometimes a good strategy for a perspective
0: yeah you always also have to be careful there to make sure that you're not undermining the team but if the team agrees that hey you know we really want oh, to sure. get input from so and so and so and so and so and so the more sure. open and more welcoming of, pers- of diverse perspectives the better
1: yeah what's the the story you can't see the forest despite the trees you know, you you, you you miss the things that you're seeing every day. So it's it's those fresh eyes, and yeah, it's people looking at at something that's out. It's the, it's the people looking at things with curiosity. We're going back to curiosity that can flag um, something that you may have missed because you take it for granted.
0: Agreed. These two are closely linked together, mm. uh, and uh, if you wish to be a influential member of your team. Being willing to ask questions and to offer ideas and to listen to others' ideas is are all mm-hmm. part of these skill sets that you need to be a great team member.
1: Do you have Do you have um, kind of procedural tricks or or, or, or games or game, ways you do this in meetings to to kind of flush out ideas? I found that uh,
0: being as the as often the leader. I made sure that I asked some basic questions that I knew other people wanted to Mm -hmm. ask first to Mm -hmm. kind of open the floodgates for um, question asking. I uh, also did what you suggested, which is to make sure that people who were being very quiet were called upon and given the opportunity to uh, either ask questions or to offer solutions but uh, something that's really hard in, in this environment, the Zoom environment we've been in in the last two years, is to read body English. Uh, team members who are sensitive to the body English of other people can understand very quickly when a proposed solution is not acceptable to some people in the room, even when their voice is not being heard. And I so I believe... Uh, very strongly that uh, it's important to be aware of not only the voices in the room but the um, the response of people the body english of people in the room and try to try to uh, dig out what's going on so in in fact say you know gosh you know george your your head is down what's going on what are you thinking uh is this not is is there a problem that you're concerned about here uh, open the door for people to uh, tell you what's going on.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to think of ways. I haven't been on a lot of large meetings recently, or even. Yeah, I've been in, in my share of meetings, but you know, one strategy that that I would maybe take is looking for for multiple ideas before you even think about them. You know, proposing to a team to let's let's vet out three ideas that that are are somewhat we see them as different and see you know see how they hold up as in a debate over what what a good solution might be and that might even be putting a bad idea out there as a way to influence a solution to a problem no idea is a bad idea but i think the diversity of ideas alone can help find that right idea because they might propose something that you you have you're not considering as part of the equation
0: yeah, you often, by doing that, find yet another idea that combines the best mm-hmm. elements of mm-hmm. the ones that have been proposed. I agree. I think that there's often a dynamic of falling in love with the first idea proposed. That's yeah. really um, is, it's really uh, not positive and, and can undermine many of the voices in the room. So I think that that's a great um, method of... Pulling people in and saying, "Okay, we're just going to brainstorm for a few minutes, no bad ideas," mm-hmm. and then we'll cut it off and start uh, evaluating the pros and cons.
1: Yeah. Well, I think we've talked through these. I I could talk some more about this, but I feel like we've hit the big conversations. Yeah,
0: I think we've 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 covered the the core issues related the to these two. I look forward to talking to about the last two skills, which are really cr- critically important on teams and often forgotten. Um, Number nine is bravely readjust. And number 10 is succeed and fail with the team, whatever your role. Uh, And I think we're gonna talk a a good deal about um, different roles and where you sit and what that means. So thank you so much for joining us at Curious Teams. This is Barbara White Bryson.
1: And this is Fred Gutierrez, And now you go make the design, construction, and owner environment a better place. Find us at CuriousTeams.com, where we hope you share your comments and ideas. Look forward to upcoming episodes that answer questions that you've sent us on our website. And please subscribe to us on your podcasting platform. It helps us find more people like you. And it never hurts to do a five-star review.